0: Support from MarketFoolery comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with one that has your best interest in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at QuickenLoans.com fool. It's Tuesday, March 28th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and joining me in studio, we've got Ron Gross from Total Income and Jason Moser from Motley Fool Million Dollar Portfolio. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, hey. Hey, How are you? Guys, I'm good. Let's begin with news from Facebook. News that looks a whole lot like Snapchat. On Tuesday, Facebook released its Stories feature in its main mobile app. Stories allows users to post photos and videos that disappear after 24 hours. Does that sound familiar at all? (laughs) Stories was already part of um, other Facebook apps like Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger. Now, Jason, they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. But I'm guessing that if you're Snapchat, you could do without this type of flattery. I would
1: imagine. I mean, I think they're probably thinking, "Wow, gee." I mean, like at some point, can you not do something just original? Um, But I mean, that's that's the name of this game, though. I mean, social networking in general. I mean, it's innovative to a point, but at the end of the day, it's all about free flow of information and figuring out ways to communicate with people. And so, whether you're Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. I mean you're always figuring out ways to to add new little bells and whistles. I do think as time goes on it strikes me that and I'm not the biggest on these platforms. I mean I really don't use Facebook all that much. I don't use any of those other things. I'm Twitter uh, of course, but I mean I think it becomes more and more difficult to use these platforms. I mean it seems like they add more and more bells and whistles to the point where it becomes more and more difficult to use when really one of the arguments from inception was that they're easy to use. So, I wonder if we're going to hit a point where they become so difficult to use that they start turning people off. Because you do hit a point where you start adding so many bells and whistles in in the hopes of of evolving and innovating that you, you all of a sudden start scaring people away. And I think that's something that while old people like us might consider Snapchat difficult to use, um, Who's I old? think that a lot of people that use it, the kids that use it, I think they like generally its simplicity and its, its quick, free-flowing nature. Um, to me, you know, the question with Snapchat has always been, what can they be beyond just the Snapchat app? And when they went public, when they were doing the roadshow, I mean, they redefined themselves as a camera company. Because even I think they realized that just being Snapchat isn't going to cut it. I mean, that's not going to be a way for them to get big and really justify the valuation that the market's giving them today. I do think it's important to note that whether you are using Facebook or Instagram or Messenger or WhatsApp, you're still using Facebook, and and I think that that really is a testament to probably the best strategy in the space is to own a portfolio of a lot of these apps so that you're going to hit pretty much every sort of age group. I mean, Facebook is kind of for old people, Instagram is maybe Facebook for younger people, right? And then maybe they're trying to turn Messenger into like a Snapchat-style offering as well. It's just a, a unique space, but I think it's really difficult to compete with Facebook because they're so big already.
2: Yeah, I can't argue with any of that, actually. Well, that's I, good. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Facebook Stories is going to steal any of Snapchat's glory. I don't think Snapchat is actually worried that all of a sudden people are going to start leaving their platform and moving to Facebook. It didn't happen with Instagram. I don't think it'll happen with Facebook proper, if you will. Um, but it does behoove Facebook to have a complete offering. So, to not have that option um, to create a story and do those things, I think, would you know would hurt it a bit. You, you want to have all the new bells and whistles on your platform, unless, as you said, it becomes a little too complicated. Now, for my mother-in-law, it's going to be too complicated, but she, <laughs> she just won't use that part of it. She'll continue to you know like and share things that are embarrassing about her family. Um, but for the folks um, our age that do want that ability, it, it's now
0: there. And I hear you say that no one's going to leave Snapchat, or people aren't necessarily going to leave Snapchat to go to Facebook because of this. But if you're Facebook, you're in a much better position than Snapchat, right? So you outlast Snapchat; you're the only game in town.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, we've been talking about the usability and the apps and the companies. Um, then we start to talk about the stock and the capital structure and all that stuff. And you wouldn't, you know, you would never choose to be Snapchat, I don't think, versus Facebook, who's you know the behemoth here with um, you know an airtight balance sheet, um, cash flow flowing in. Um, just an incredible market position, and Snapchat, I I wouldn't touch it. This is less about stealing people using Snapchat, and more
1: about giving folks a reason not to leave any one of those four Facebook platforms, right? I mean, Snapchat has 158 million daily users or something like that. I mean, it sounds like a lot, until you compare it (laughs) to what Facebook has, and then you realize that, it doesn't really matter right i mean that's relatively inconsequential especially when you consider there's probably a decent amount of crossover there so it's really just about facebook uh, and all of its sort of associated platforms offering the ability to do these extra things kind of as a value add it's 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 less about stealing snapchat's users and more about offering their users more features
0: and let's talk about facebook the stock shares up around 25% um, over the past year. Going forward, what do you think about the stock?
2: I'm a shareholder. I, you know, I, It's hard to make the argument that it's cheap as a value investor because you have to look out into the future so much and rely so much on the future. So, I'll suspend my value investing. I'll take off that hat for a minute and say, I'm a shareholder. I have no intention of selling the stock anytime soon or, or maybe ever. Um, it's the kind of stock I'm happy to just let sit there and watch what Zuckerberg can do yeah i think it's 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 very easy to justify owning this stock today
1: and and then probably hanging on to it indefinitely i mean i think we've talked a lot about sort of this last decade being the google decade this coming decade is probably going to be more about the facebook decade just given the nature of the move to social, and I think that's an advantage that Facebook holds over Google. Is Google's very utilitarian in nature? You go to Google to find something, and then you go somewhere else when you found what you wanted to find. And Facebook is garnering a lot of eyeballs that stick around those properties for a while. Um, and so, it strikes me as probably a bigger opportunity over the coming decade to be a part of that Facebook uh, story versus something maybe like Google. Given those are the two big players in the ad space, and I, I do want to make the point that. I mean, it's a big company today, 400 billion plus. You hear a lot of people talk about, well, in order for the stock to double, they need to double their market cap. And that's not necessarily the case. I mean, they could, in theory, buy back shares, return capital to shareholders in certain ways that the company doesn't necessarily have to double for the stock to do well. Um, With that said, it is a very big company. And as it stands, it is still just an ad play. Now I say just—that's a massive market opportunity, but we've seen how far Google has gotten thus far with it, and that's pretty far. Facebook has kind of already caught up to it, more or less. So yeah, looking out forward, it's it's a bit bit of a. Uh Reach to probably say this is a no brainer winner, but I think it's a pretty steady 80 holding that you could uh, hang on to for a while.
0: And guys, it was a good day for Darden Restaurants. Shares up big on Tuesday on better than expected earnings and news that Darden would buy Cheddar's Scratch Kitchen. That's a good name. Ron, that is a great name. It is (laughs) such a great name. Um, We should also mention that Darden's owns Olive Garden and Longhorn Steakhouse, among
2: others. Capital Grill, my favorite. Capital Grill. That's a good one. So, what do you think? Company's doing good, and a lot of restaurants are not. Um, the results were pretty impressive, um, just shy of a one percent same store sales across the board. The highlight was actually Eddie V's, their seafood concept, at a four point seven percent same store sale increase. That's pretty impressive. Olive Garden, where most of their profits come from, and Steve Boy favorite, of course, it. for listeners of of the radio show, um, up one point four percent. So not too shabby either, especially when you look out across the competition and say. Um, There's a lot of folks that are struggling right now. Profits were up strong, they increased guidance, and then, as you said, a $780 million acquisition of Cheddar Scratch, 165 locations across 28 states. It's a value chain. Um, let me hit you with some menu items. Perhaps uh, I could interest you in some baby back ribs or some yes. chicken fin- fingers. Maybe JMO would like a Monte Cristo sandwich, chicken Ooh, fried nothing steak. Nothing wrong with that. Chicken fried steak. Well, uh, there's a lot wrong with that, but
0: <laughs> oh, bites your
2: tongue. <laughs> um, but you know, this is nice. They ad- they're adding a-, a casual dining chain um, to their portfolio. I like that move. It's hard for me to say whether the 780 million is a good price because I don't have a lot of financials on this company company. Um, we know that they are, have grown revenue 12-15% to 15% over the last 10 years. Not too shabby, that sounds good to me. Um, and Darden does say it will be accretive to their earnings um, pretty quickly, so that's nice to see as well. So, you know, Darden, doing well. I continue to be amazed <laughs> by the performance of Olive Garden's To Go.
1: Yeah, it's doing really well. I mean, that is like, yeah, I, I just, it doesn't strike me as the first. It's not at top of mind when I'm looking for something to go, but they clearly have hit on something here because I mean, the the performance there, it's this continued double digit growth in the to go to go segment of the business that is just. I, I'm astounded. I've never
2: used it personally. I, I, I haven't I either. And I,
1: I don't remember the last time I went to an Olive Garden either, but I mean, obviously, a lot of people are going. Um, I think a big catalyst for Darden was when they spun off a lot of the real estate that they owned into uh, Four Corners Property Trust. They had. A lot of restaurants in there where they owned the real estate, and so basically they were trying to whittle down their cost structure and just be a really good operator of restaurants. And so they spun off a lot of that property to this property trust. I think it helped shore up the balance sheet. I think it helped them focus on doing one thing and doing it really well, and that is bringing a number of good, sort of middle of the road brand names into their into their universe, and then being able to sort of. Grow those footprints. And um, again, kind of like that Facebook strategy, whether you're going to one of these restaurants, I mean, you're, you're still going to a Darden restaurant, right? At the end of the day. And that obviously is very good for them. And I want to go back to the name
0: because I think Cheddar Scratch <laughs> Kitchen. That's pretty good. I think that's the greatest name. I think the worst name. Is Carl's Jr. because we still don't know how Carl came into possession of Jr. because it's Carl apostrophe S Jr. That's like Ruth's Chris. It's terrible. Oh, that's yeah, terrible. That's, yeah, it's hard to say. Like, why does Ruth? Oh, that was some like mashup of like someone who is married and then they're I not. Know. Or, but like Carl's Jr. Cheddar Scratch does it. It's confusing. I don't want to be confused. I just want. I just. I just want, want food. baby back ribs. I just. You I'm, just want chicken fried you, steak. You don't like chicken fried steak? No, I
2: do. But I mean, it's you know not the healthiest piece of food.
0: Oh, and all the other items. <laughs> <laughs> you listed were. I'm sorry. Ron Gross. I, the, sm- the smothered in that white health.
2: gravy, that unidentifiable white gravy. That's what I makes it know. good.
0: <laughs> okay, well, before we go to our next story, I want to say a word about Rocket Mortgage. Guys, choosing a mortgage lender is a big decision. Do you agree? Of course. You want to work with someone you can trust and someone who has your best interest in mind. With Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process, and you can adjust the length and rate of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. That means you'll have the confidence to make an informed decision. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage with a lot less paperwork, Rocket Mortgage can help. Skip the banks, skip the waiting, go completely online at quickenloans.com/fool, equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states, NMLS nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030.
2: A lot less paperwork sounds good to me. I recently refinanced, it, it was a paperwork nightmare and that sounds good to me. Yeah. Well,
0: well there you go. And we wrap up with tough times for Whole Foods. According to a report from Barclays, Whole Foods traffic has fallen by fourteen million customers over the last year and a half. That is a three percent drop. I should add that Whole Foods co founder and CEO John Mackey is on the board of directors of the Motley Fool. Jason, according to the report, Kroger is the big beneficiary. Nearly half of Kroger's stores are within three miles of a Whole Foods.
1: Yeah, it was uh pretty pretty uh, smart smart to do that huh
0: <laughs> I mean I guess they, they maybe
1: felt like they were onto something I think um, you know this goes back to what we've been talking about a lot in this space is that scale is really a tremendous advantage having that big footprint where you can sort of uh, get things from point A to point B in the quickest fashion and really carry a very wide selection of offerings, both private branded and brand names. Uh, is is immensely advantageous. And I think what we always wondered with Whole Foods for a time was would they be able to get rid of that sort of whole paychecks uh, moniker that they'd earned? Um, and it seemed like they were doing a pretty good job of that. They were making that that sort of uh, way towards offering more 365 branded uh, items, which which certainly were more affordable. and I think it was attracting more customers for a time. Um, but but they really have run into a buzzsaw here in that every grocery store concept in the country is basically copying that model now yeah. and bringing more and more naturals and organics into their mix. And and furthermore, and we talked about this before too, is that Whole Foods doesn't really do a very good job of attracting the crossover consumer. So they don't have a lot of what people really still want, and that's a big problem because now you're telling me I've got to go. To, to more than one place to get everything.
2: Yeah,
0: I don't want to it, do that. Right. And that no, was no. always the way.
2: You would go to a regular supermarket for your, your paper towels and, and your household items. And then, if you wanted organics or really good produce or really good meats and fish, you would pop over to Whole Foods, two trips. Kind of annoying. Now, like Kroger's brand, Harris Teeter you you kind of get a lot of that right there now i do not think the quality of the produce and the meats are the same at Harris Teeter and Whole Foods whole foods still does a better job and if i'm going to have a dinner party i'm still going to whole foods but on on a regular weekly basis it becomes less necessary to go to
0: whole foods which is never good uh, good for a business model no so, so what does this mean if you're a whole foods investor or if you're someone looking at the stock I am a Whole Foods
2: investor, and I'm not that thrilled about it lately. Even over the last five years, the stock is down probably about 30%. And In my head, it was a more recent um, decline. Um, But they really have, have been on the downturn for quite some time. I'm not a seller yet uh, to be honest, I'm not sure why I'm not. Um it's because I like the experience and I'm a consumer and I shop there and I'll continue to support it. And you have as lunch a shareholder. There a lot. I have lunch there almost so, every day. So they've
0: got the prepared <laughs> right. foods, they've got some of the stores have bars now. Yeah. So they've got some built in advantages, right?
2: They do. And, and and I remain a loyal customer and therefore for now I, I remain a loyal shareholder as well. I don't know. I think I mean I'm not a Whole Foods
1: investor. Um we did own shares of Whole Foods in million dollar portfolio. We sold them a little while back, and I think really the icing on the cake for us was in the most recent quarter when they finally kind of came to came to reality here and that they needed to, to sort of pull back on what they saw as their their full market opportunity. And for a while they were they were targeting twelve hundred total stores around the country, which we felt like was just too many. Uh, they I think now realize that that is too many they they pulled back on that guidance they they've put the 365 concept the store concept on hold in order to kind of reassess which way they want to go with it because right now they're talking about going back to their roots and really focusing on that core whole foods customer that helped get them to to this point today and so it's almost like saying they're going back to that whole whole paychecks moniker. I mean, they're going back to targeting that consumer, and and honestly, that probably is their best bet. I mean, I don't, th- I I think that we've kind of come to a point where we realize that Whole Foods isn't really going to be able to grow as much as maybe a lot of people thought it was going to. So maybe their best bet is to be that high end grocer that focuses on a smaller uh, overall market opportunity, but serves that market opportunity in in a in an excellent fashion. And if they do that. Then it can certainly still perform well. Uh, possibly even see margins sort of get back to expanding if they're able to sort of keep on raising those prices a little bit. Because for the last few years, they've really, really been focusing on value to the extent that you would get it even on the grocery bags. If you got your grocery bags from Whole Foods, you'd see on the bags that they were talking about daily deals and value offerings, and all this stuff. They were getting down to sort of having to compete on pricing with all of these other bigger competitors out there they can't win that game, they're too small to do it. And So, then you have to wonder, really, is maybe the path to success here some type of an acquisition? Do they need to acquire something like a Publix, maybe, to grow that market opportunity and focus on a number of different tiers? Uh, Sprouts, a company that just went public shortly ago, a competitor to Whole Foods, sounds like they may be acquired by Albertsons, which also owns Safeway. So, you can certainly see consolidation in this sector. I think Whole Foods is more than likely going to have to. Uh, either make an acquisition of some sort or they are really going to be focusing just on that whole paycheck customer and uh, sort of accepting the fact that they can only become so big.
0: I'm not saying it would have been a perfect fit, but I think Whole Foods should have gone after Cheddar Scratch. I knew pizza. you were going to say that. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> OK, guys. Jason, Ron, thanks for joining us thanks, today. Mac. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.